Hi friends, and welcome to Racy Friendship, a show about the twists, turns, highs, and lows of friendship told through radically authentic conversations. In each episode, I interview a friend about a challenging topic, and we discuss how to become better friends and nurture healthier, more life-giving relationships. We've all been through some tricky situations between friends, so why navigate these dilemmas on our own if we can learn from others around us? I am your host, Alex Yee, and I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Welcome to the first official podcast of Racy Friendship. I am over the moon thrilled to be here. I just submitted my show to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a bunch of other places so that it can be available wherever you listen to podcasts. To be real with you, it's been a challenge. Learning the ins and outs of podcasting, setting up my mic, and hearing my own voice on repeat while editing, uh, yeah, there's a lot of likes, ums, you knows that I had to get rid of. So I want to thank you all for hanging in with me as I learn and grow to make this an awesome show for y'all. I am so excited for this conversation with my very good friend, Allison Ewan. Talking to her was like a breath of fresh air. She's so encouraging, positive, and such a gift in my life, and I hope now in your life too. We talk about her experience of moving to at least eight different cities throughout her life and what it was like to make new friends, find new support systems, and navigate loneliness and rejection. She gives us encouragement on the importance of being true to yourself, being vulnerable, and giving yourself a break. Allison shares practical tips from her own life and speaks words of truth over what it means to be human. Without further ado, let's get into it. Allie, welcome to Racy Friendship. Thanks so much for coming. Yeah. <laughs> so excited to be here. This is going to be super exciting. Allie is one of my bestest friends in the world. We go back all the way to, I think, third grade? Yeah. Yeah. When we were like eight. So yeah, we don't have to date ourselves, but, uh, you know, 20 plus years. (laughs) A a couple of decades. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Well, why don't you uh, start off our listeners with a story of how we met uh, so that people can get to know you better? Sure. Um, Alex and I met uh, a couple decades ago doing Girl Scouts back in, you know, elementary school, doing some cool camping stuff, some outdoorsy things, learning some crafts, some entrepreneurial stuff. Um, Yeah. Allie and I have gone through many adventures in life, not only just in Girl Scouts. I think we've bonded more after college. Yeah, I think that's about right. It was definitely probably more after college and like quote unquote, adult life, sharing experiences. I've always valued your opinion and your input. Always somebody that I can call to just be like, hey, Alex, this is what happened. What am I doing? Or what should I do? And hope that I'm the same for you. And so it's just been nice to have that friendship. And even last year, you visited me in Australia for a crazy weekend, by the way. What? (laughs) Um, The best time. So yeah, great, great friendship. Definitely it's grown as the years have gone on. And so I couldn't be more thankful for it. Oh, the feeling is mutual. And you're definitely (laughs) someone I call just to get pumped up and encouraged and to get all the feels like I think we can just be so real with each other. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Thanks. Yeah. No, same exactly. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) 
So today we'll be talking about building support networks from scratch. Ali has extensive experience moving from city to city. So Ali, tell us all about it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, so I guess I grew up in the Bay Area, went to school in LA, uh, did some time, spent a year in Denver, uh, a summer in Chicago, moved to Hawaii for a while, back to California, DC for almost four years. And then I decided uh, it was time to see if I could move abroad. And so I uh, spent a year both in New Zealand and then Australia, did some van lifing in New Zealand, which was super cool. Would definitely do it again if borders ever open up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've moved around a lot. I guess it has always been kind of a thing for me to just test myself a bit. I just wanted to see if I could do it. Moving to a new city, starting all over. Part of it, I think, originally came as a an opportunity to reinvent myself or learn more about myself. And as time has gone on, I don't think that I've ever not been myself, first off, <laughs> but I think that as time has gone on, I've learned a lot about who I am and what I want to be in the world. And it's just been more of a, can I do this challenge? Can I live somewhere new? And so I've just sought to move around. Yeah. I've always been so inspired by how bold you are and courageous you are with moving to a different city and just like picking up and going somewhere completely new. And you're so fearless about it. Like you just are like, okay, I'm just going to go to Chicago, go to Denver, go to DC, New Zealand by myself <laughs> and live out of a car. Why not? This sounds super exciting when everyone else would be like, oh my gosh, this is the scariest time in my life. I would never sign up to do that. But you just <laughs> go into it at full speed. And it's super cool to see just how much you've adapted and learned over all the years. So with that said, over the many years that you've bounced around different cities, if you were to create a map of your social circles, how would it look like? <laughs> well, thank you for, for saying all of that. That's very nice of you. Very generous. I think it's hard to just say that I have friends in this one city or friends from this point in time because I think it's not so linear. I think that everybody moves and they go on their own life path, which physically sometimes takes them to different places. And and then even personally, you change, right? And so I've had friendships fluctuate, even like ours, right? You know, we weren't super close when we were younger, but now I think we are. And I've had relationships where you think your bestest friends are the ones that you've made in high school. And sometimes they are, but then sometimes you reconnect with somebody from high school later on and you're like, oh my gosh, why weren't we best friends? Or I'm so glad we met now and that we can be such great friends. And just compatibility is different as time goes on. And I don't mean to sound boastful or, or whatever, but I feel like I have friends all over the country and all over the world just by nature of one moving to different places, but then each of them moving to somewhere else, which requires more intention to keep up with everybody and prioritize who you see when and how much effort you put into it. So I think if I were to say where most of my friends are right now, probably California a bit because of growing up here and having some some folks from here, DC and maybe Australia and New Zealand, just because of who I've been in touch with the most most recently in the last you know five years or so. Yeah, I think there's definitely three stages of a friendship, maybe more than that, but like how you establish the friendship, mm -hmm. how to maintain the friendship, and then potentially what happens after if there's a little break or a long break. Maintaining is a lot of work, but it's so worth it. And recognizing that there are different seasons for different friends. And yep. I remember you 
talked about going back to DC and wanting to surprise all your friends. And when you got there, you're kind of looking around, you're like, wait, where are my friends? Like everyone's gone in different directions over the last few years that you had moved away. Yeah. Yeah. And it just changes the dynamic when you're not physically there when you were before. And I noticed I used to see them all the time. We used to work together, share office space, or every Tuesday we'd have sushi or on weekends we'd do this. And that routine is no longer there. Though I still feel close to them, it was just a different relationship in the sense that I was living on the other side of the ocean. So FaceTime calls, texting, it was just different. And so then coming back to it was lovely, of course, to see them. But then coming to terms with, wow, everybody's life is different. It didn't stand still. Time didn't wait for me. And that's okay. Of course, it's okay. Yeah, definitely. And there's those friends that you can pick up where you left off and feel like no time has passed, even though it certainly has. And then some of those friends are like, wait, all these life events happened and I didn't even know about it. I feel so left out now. Are we not friends anymore? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel very lucky to have a lot of of the former type of friends, I think, where sometimes you're busy, they're busy, life happens. And the minute you see them, it's like nothing ever happened. Uh, You're just able to catch up and be like, wow, what did this happen? How did this go? Oh my gosh, this happened. And then you can still relate on that same level that you did before. And it's like you guys don't skip a beat, even though obviously so much life has happened in between. I really appreciate that about, I think most of my friends are like that. So I feel very lucky. Totally. All right. Well, I do want to talk about the beginning parts of friendship a bit. Seeing that you've packed up all your stuff, moved across the country, moved across the world, uh, and had to start your social networks or your support systems from scratch, what was the most difficult part of moving to a new city with regards to your social life? Um, it's it's lonely at first, uh, or it can feel lonely because oftentimes you don't know. Well, I guess in my situations, I've sought places that I know absolutely pretty much nobody. Sometimes you'll end up moving to a place where one of your friends or somebody will say, oh, I know somebody you should reach out or let me connect you. And that's nice to have a friend of a friend to at least get started with. What I've actually found is that we are humans and humans are social creatures. And a lot of us, all of us really do seek some sort of human connections. And I think as we get older, it's sometimes harder because people are set in their social circles and they're fine. You know, they don't feel the need to branch out and make new friends, but you also always have new people coming in or people who are just looking to expand their networks and to meet new people because they love it. It's sometimes challenging and you do put yourself out there and then you sometimes get rejected or your efforts aren't quite reciprocated, sometimes discouraging. But at the end of the day, I haven't been disappointed. I've been able to meet people, just putting yourself out there. Sometimes it takes working in a new place and you get to meet your coworkers and then hanging out after work. And then maybe you'll meet some of their friends who maybe you click with more than them even. And and your networks just expand in different ways. Or if you get involved with activities that you really care about. I, I do like running. Sometimes you can meet up with other running groups. You can like look those up in the area and then find other runners who also enjoy drinking like you do. And then you can go get a beer after your run. And then you start making friendships and hanging out more than just those scheduled meetups with the group. And then I guess I feel like even if you stay in hostels, you, you're just by a lot of people and especially travelers, I think. There's just a special kind of connection where you just all feel a little bit more vulnerable. You're all in a new place and everybody's just looking for a chosen family uh, and friends. And so it's been not as challenging as it may seem. And it, it is a little bit scary, but I think if you're true to yourself and you're open and genuine and authentic, that's what other people are searching for too. And so it's not too hard. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think everyone desires human connection and being outside of our comfort zone almost opens us up to make those human connections a little bit more easily. Uh, Just because we're like, I have nothing to lose. I don't really know anyone. (laughs) So I'm just going to put myself out there and try to be someone's friend. And it's okay to say, wow, you're such a great friend to someone, even though you just met them or something. It might be awkward, but those awkward moments when we press into it, give permission for other people to be vulnerable or be awkward as well. And then you're like, hey, yeah, we are friends and that's fine. (laughs) And that's cool. Give me your number. Give me your Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Let's connect. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. I think everybody is ultimately just looking for that connection. And if you're willing to put yourself out there and they are too, they they appreciate, you know, somebody making that first move or even maybe they'll do it first and, and you'll be the one to be able to reciprocate what they've put out. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What's the difference between meeting someone who's by themselves already versus someone who is actively hanging out with their friends? I think it just depends on the person. I've met people in groups and they've been with these friends for a while, but maybe you and them share something in common that they are missing from their other friends that you have that to offer. And yeah, of course it's intimidating. And sometimes you see a group of five girls over there and you're like, do I really want to lock up and just be the new girl that's like, Hey, (laughs) Uh, not always. No. And that's okay. You don't have to be that. Maybe that's not your dynamic. Maybe you choose to meet somebody one-on-one. You are ordering a drink at the bar and there's another girl there who's also getting a drink and you're like, Oh, Hey, what cocktail is that? Oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll try that next time. And you break the ice, start up a conversation. But also I think that maybe having less of a fear of rejection or being like, oh, well, that one didn't work out, but not being defeated and just like, all right, try somebody else. Or maybe this isn't my day. Maybe I'll just go somewhere else next time and try something else or try a different group or whatever. Um, Not taking it too personally, which sometimes it can feel hard, especially if you feel lonely and a little bit more vulnerable than normal. But just knowing that you will find your friends. You will find people who want to be your friend. Everybody has something to offer. Definitely. I think there's like a saying out there that says the energy you put out is energy you receive back. Mm -hmm. How have you seen that work within potentially attracting new friends versus repelling people? I think the energy that you put out relates to friendship in the sense that people want to be around positive people. It's not exactly fun to be around negative Nancy's on a regular basis. Of course, everybody can't be positive all the time, but I think that when you are positive and excited, people just gravitate towards that energy and just want to be around. They want to know what you're so excited about and be a part of it. And so I don't know if that's affected how I approach situations. I think that I try to go in positive and hope for the best and see how things take me. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. When you worked at Drigsy's in San Jose, I remember you were just everyone's best friend. When I went to go visit you, <laughs> you were just like working the room. You're the type of person that you can we can drop you into any random party and you'll become best friends with everyone. Thanks. Yeah, I think it's a very special skill and special personality. You go in there and you're just like, hi, what's your name? And you just make people feel welcome, even though you're like, yeah, I don't know anyone here either. (laughs) Uh, And I feel like a lot of people tend to be that wallflower and say like, oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing or I don't want to make a fool of myself or that's okay. They probably don't need me as a friend. They'll say no anyway. So I I might as well just not try. I'm just going to sit in the corner here and and watch people before (laughs) I do anything and then probably talk myself out of it. 
Oh, <laughs> that makes me sad. Um, thank you for saying that about me. Um, I think it's just fun. I think it's fun to meet people and see how many friends can you make? How many people can you talk to? I think maybe if you are a little bit more introverted, but want to try to be more extroverted, I have a little bit of competitive streak in me. I, mm-hmm. I like to set myself goals and see how far I can go. You know, maybe a goal could be how many people can you talk to? How many new people can you talk to? You don't have to say much more than, hi, how are you? I am so-and-so. Nice to meet you. How's your night going? And then move on to the next person if you want. But even just practicing getting out and meeting strangers, you, you have nothing to lose, in my opinion, which is why I think it's just fun. You have only things to gain. You don't know what their life has been or what they have to offer or any of it. So I think it's just fun meeting new people. (laughs) It makes me sad when people don't want to go and meet new people or feel too scared of, of saying the wrong things because I think we just let ourselves get in our heads about it. And I don't think that anybody holds on to it as much as we do ourselves about what we've said. So I think the biggest step is just getting out of your own head. I totally agree with that. And I think the way you're talking about it is from a place of confidence. People are drawn to confident people because that's something they may be lacking. And so while someone might want to go up and introduce themselves, they're relying on someone else to come towards them. And when they see that courage, when they see that confidence, they're like, oh, I really appreciate you reaching out to me. So I think that's Mm -hmm. where maybe a careful balance is between both the introverts and the extroverts in the room. You have nothing to lose. Just put yourself out there. Introduce yourself. Worst thing that happens is they just like (laughs) nod and like, okay. And then if they don't acknowledge you, you're like, oh, maybe they just didn't hear me. I'm just going to turn around and talk to someone else. Right. They won't even remember you tomorrow. If you made a fool of yourself, it's not going to be a big deal. I worked at an organization where we were trying to help kids, teenagers come out of their shell and to believe in themselves academically, professionally, creatively, all of these different hats that you could possibly wear. And the philosophy was not fake it till you make it, but it was something along the lines of like, all right, I might not be the best student, right? But if I were a good student, what does that look like, right? Does that mean I like sit up straight? I sit in the front of the classroom. I raise my hand. Okay, so that's what it looks like. Then let me just try and do that. If I were to pretend to be, and then you just do it so much that eventually you are. It Mm -hmm. just becomes part of who you are. I was a little bit more shy as a kid. I wasn't quite as extroverted. I mean, I was outgoing and and bubbly with my friends, I think, but like to new people, I wasn't quite so ready for all that yet. In choosing to move to new cities, it did force me to engage more because then I knew nobody else. When I was going, you have to start engaging more and it pushed me to be a little bit more uncomfortable and, and to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, which I think is something that I'm appreciative of, of those decisions. (laughs) I like that. And I I like to encourage that in other people. Yeah, that's definitely true. I think it's a lot about trial and error and just not getting inside your own head too much. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. That's so true. I think that we're our own biggest obstacle for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. We can just psych ourselves out, but I think everybody has the potential to make so many new friends if that's a goal of theirs because there's so many people who want friends so oh man so many great experiences that you have to talk from thanks just given the fact that you know gone through a season of loneliness but also in your head you say the season is temporary i know Mm -hmm. as a fact that people desire human connection people desire friends and it'll happen I just can't give up i gotta put myself out there and eventually you get some bites back 
Yeah. It's also okay to be like, you know what? That was hard. And I tried and I tried really hard, but maybe this is a kind of a, a clickier city than most, or it feels that way this time. And to give yourself permission to just, maybe this is a week of Netflix. Like maybe this is a week that I just, you know, do something that I want to do by myself for myself and not even think about it. Mm -hmm. Being a solo traveler, I've done a lot of things on my own (laughs) and went and dove in the Great Barrier Reef. And I was just hanging out on this boat. Like I don't know anybody and all these families are hanging out with each other and I'm not trying to invite myself into somebody's family vacation, (laughs) right? But you're like eating lunch and someone comments on their food and you're like, I know, right? What about this? Or like, did you try it with this? Have you tried this sauce with that? And then you just start a conversation. And next thing you know, you guys are best buds. You're diving together and swimming and seeing fish. And (laughs) it just, it can happen so organically and you don't even necessarily have to try too hard. I think it'll come when it comes, even if you don't feel super ready for it. It's not the end of the world. It'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. On the topic of support systems and having a support system through technology is probably a lot easier than it was in the past. My question for you is what kinds of relationships make a great support system? What do you look for in your support network? I would like to think it's probably pretty similar to most people. I look for, I mean, honesty, right? And openness, being genuine, having some sort of shared interests or hobbies. But also I think one of the more important things is a shared level of investment in the relationship because it's very hard to maintain a relationship with somebody whose priorities are elsewhere. And it's sometimes discouraging and I wouldn't say I've been heartbroken from friendships, (laughs) but sometimes you get a little bit disappointed or saddened when friendships don't last as well through distance. It's easy to be friends with somebody you see day in and day out, like they're right there in front of you. But sometimes it's just harder when you go from that to not at all, you know? What I've found to be most successful in my relationships that I've been able to maintain has been shared level of investment. I think that even the friends that I don't text or talk to every day, every week, every month, maybe it is just once a year or you see something on Instagram, right? And you comment on it. And then you start a whole conversation, but you haven't talked to them in years and it's right back to what it was before, but you both are okay with that. Nobody, or at least I think we are, (laughs) like, I don't feel like either of us was expecting that kind of constant relationship. And we've come to terms with text every once in a while, very scarcely. Obviously we still care so much about the other person and are invested in their well-being and happiness. And so when you do reconnect, it's like no time has passed. So I I don't know if that answers your question, but I think that's mostly what I look for, what kind of relationships have been successful for me. Mm -hmm. Do you have any last nuggets of advice that you may want to share with listeners that are struggling with wanting to find new friends or feeling a little lonely right now? I guess my advice to people looking for friends would be just remember that humans are social creatures who also want connection. We as people just want to be connected. And as much as you want to be connected, so do other people. And it may be hard. It may be uncomfortable. Anything worth having is usually a little bit uncomfortable at first or challenging. So just put yourself out there and smile through it. You'll be fine. (laughs) You're not going to be everybody's friend, but you're going to be somebody's friend and it's going to be great. Oh, so perfect. (laughs) Thanks. The listeners have so much advice. I'm just so thankful for you you to be here. It's crazy that 
I've been talking about doing this podcast with you and having you as a guest <laughs> on my show for years, and you're finally on this show. So. You did it. You make yeah. me happy. I'm so proud of you. This is so cool. <laughs> Thank you, Allie. You're welcome. Thank you. Wow, friends. I'm like almost crying. My conversation with Allison was so encouraging. I hope you felt the same way. I know that many of us aren't traveling right now due to COVID-19, but I do know that a lot of people are moving to new cities, so maybe this can be helpful. Whatever your situation is, I believe that new friends or stronger friendships are available to us whenever we seek them. Be true to yourself, stretch outside your comfort zone, and know that you are strong and capable. Also be as kind to yourself as you are to others. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend or family member. You can also let me know what you thought by connecting with me on Instagram at Racy Friendship. I look forward to sharing my next episode with you in two weeks. I sit down with my friend Rebecca over a sparkly conversation about thriving in singleness with friends. Until next time, y'all. 